by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. Welcome to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill. Kevin Deers is on the board tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's going to be a lot of that tonight, Kevin. I have been. Uh, I feel like I'm. I feel a little John Curley esque. So, no, not that I'm feeling under the weather. John's John's rallied tremendously. I feel like I've been doing auctions. I, that's how my my throat. I've, I've just been talking. Spike. Yes, sir. We could always just send you home and do Chat GPT for the rest of the show. <laughs> know, wow. Right? Yeah. Seriously, uh, the death of uh, of live radio is on the horizon. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to just muddle through and, and power our way through this. Plus, it's Wednesday. It's movie night here at Cairo Nights. Nice. My favorite night of the week. I honestly mean that. Uh, Frank Summerall is here from MyNorthwest.com. And Lisa Brooks has, has volunteered to sit in again because I, I appreciate Lisa's take on, on the movies, her experience. Uh, her, her, she hasn't her favorites. seen any of them. Now stop it. I've seen a lot of them. You just keep bringing up these war fighty things. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, all quiet on the Western Front or, or 1917. What was your favorite while well, I'm actually working? Um, well, so Frank Summerall, of course, it's Oscar week. Yeah, it is. And, it and is. before we start talking about the films, let's take a moment to talk about Sunday night's Oscar broadcast. Mm. The, the 95th Oscars, the first um, PS um, uh, Academy Awards, post-slap. Uh, I think all <laughs> things will be measured now in time as pre-slap and post-slap. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel's going to host again for the third time. And... I read a wonderful um, interview with Jimmy Kimmel about how he's uh, approaching this from a post-slap perspective, from a guy who's done it twice, um, and a guy now who has 20 years of experience uh, telling jokes about Hollywood in front of a live audience. And that's kind of the reason they feel like he's – he was called – he's got soft edges and he's, he's safe. For this crowd. Um, and when the interviewer asked Jimmy Kimmel, what do you think when they say you have soft edges? He says, They're saying I'm fat. They're fat shaming. Because <laughs> he's, he's joking. Yeah. He's like, I couldn't, but he couldn't fit into his 2018 tuxedo from the Oscars. So it's a little something, something there. Um, the, the Oscars broadcast, uh-huh. is it something we don't really care about anymore? Do people still make an appointment to watch the Oscar broadcast? No, no, you don't? No, 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 no. And, and I think like, and I think they need to lean into that. They're they're uh, they're kind of playing pretend, thinking they're for the mainstream when it's just no longer for the mainstream. I still think it's important, and I can I can argue its importance. Both what they choose to win versus what they choose not to win is also equally important, and how that ages. And that's like a timestamp of like our society for that particular moment that year. So I like looking at them as a database. But in terms of like Sunday night television, The Last of Us show is airing its episode at the same time. That's going to crush the Oscars and its ratings. Absolutely. You know, that's interesting because I I mean shows like The Last of Us um, are there forever. You can see that last. Oh, I know. You can, you can see that last one right afterward. They'll probably be. They probably run it three times in a row. I personally will watch. My kid will come. My, my younger daughter Darby uh, loves award shows, whether it's the Grammys or the Emmys, even or the Oscars. And she'll come over and we'll watch it together. And and she roots for certain actors or films or not really. She's not a director kind of kid. And said mm-hmm. you love that stuff, Frank Summer. <laughs> that but kind of stuff. yeah, you, you do. I mean, you because you care I which uh, which directors are getting the recognition that sh- that they deserve. 
Lisa, you still watch it. You know, my problem this year, I no longer have broadcast television. I only have streaming services. And so generally every year I do whatever I can to find somebody that I can go to their place and watch it live. I love it live. I watch the pre pre-game show i love the red carpet i i love the even abc's two orchestrated red carpet but the one that e entertainment does that is so cool and then i watch the whole show it's a wonderful event the musical performances as someone who is i used to produce live tv and i watch it from a live tv production standpoint and it's like how did they cut to that you know i find that fascinating i love it the pomp, the circumstance. <laughs> hey, it, it is truly magic when it's done well. Yeah. It is magic to, to coordinate that much, that many moving parts and that much talent and have it go off without a hitch. Um, and someone asked, you know, Kimmel was there as the host at the what, what is now the second biggest screw up in mm-hmm. Oscar history, right. which was when they gave La La Land the Oscar. Um, thank you very much. It was uh, who was Moonlight. it? Uh, well, it was Moonlight was the winner, but uh, yep. I, can, I can't think of his name. Dick Tracy. Uh, yes, I know Dick Tracy. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Thank you. Yes. God, Dick, you, you got, you're always first with the, the almost the answer I want, Kevin. Nicely done, buddy. Yeah, Warren Beatty uh, you know, misread the winning Oscar for Best Picture. Well, he had and, the wrong envelope. Was that, was that what it was? Yeah. Okay, they gave him the wrong envelope? Yeah. Okay. And, and shout out to Kimmel, and maybe this is why they're bringing him back, but he handled that moment really well. He really and, and, uh, did. You know, orchestrated it because no one, no one had any idea what was going on. He handled it, so maybe the Academy was like, Eh, he handled that okay. Let's it, give it, him right, another under, shot. Uh, well, that's twenty years of live television <laughs> and a live audience. That he's got the he's got the wherewithal to think fast on his feet and make see if something happens. Um, and there was they asked him about this, you know this uh, uh, this task force they put together, incident task force <laughs> for the Oscars in case something like a slap or some other unforeseen occurrence takes place. How to handle it from a from a production perspective, from a hosting perspective, from a security perspective, what do they do? Oh, yeah, because what, what are they going to do when Will Smith is walking up to Chris Rock? They're just going to watch like we all did. Right. Is the task force just Denzel? He's got a great <laughs> quote in his back pocket. Yeah. Like, Denzel, this guy's getting angry. Go it's talk to him real quick. Well, well, well Kimmel said, I'm gonna, I'm, what happens if somebody you mean, if someone comes up to slap me? I'll size them up. If they're smaller, I'll kick their heads on live TV. <laughs> if it's The Rock, I'll run away. What he's going to do, I guarantee, is going to have a line of people standing on the stage when he opens up, and every one of them is going to slap him one after <laughs> another after another, get oh, it out of our systems. Oh, that would be genius. And then start with his monologue. Did, that, did you come up with that? Sure. That's genius. Well, why should he live TV? He should. He Lisa should walk through. They should have a chorus line like the old Busby, Busby Berkeley <laughs> movies, right? Twenty eight guys in tuxedos all slapping Kimmel as he comes up. Exactly. That would, yeah. If if they don't do that, it'll be the biggest missed opportunity. <laughs> okay. Lisa Brooks, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Can you okay. imagine if they had Ricky to, uh, Gervais? Hosting? Can you imagine how crazy no. that would be? Oh my! I, I do like the Ricky Gervais. I like the monologues and I like the honesty. So I would be for it, but I know not everyone would. Well, be Well, he, he's sitting there drinking a, a, a beer, like, and just he doesn't care. Like the last time Ricky Gervais was at the Golden Globes, yeah, he was he holding, the Golden Globes, right? Yeah. Um, and he just crucified these people yeah. mercilessly. Crucified these so people. So brutal. They asked Kimmel, you know, do you do you uh, work the room or do you play to the audience at home? And he said the best advice I ever got was from Billy Crystal, who was probably the high watermark of all hosting. He said, you work the room. Because if you're worried about playing to the people at home and the room doesn't get it or laugh, it doesn't matter. No one at home will enjoy the the dead silence this room is giving you. So that being said, um, the way they do the broadcast, it it, it always runs long. They run people off. You know, um, 
there are certain categories that that we see that get television time that I don't know that they deserve television time. And I don't mean to be, you know, high and mighty, but mm-hmm. we really a cinematography, best use of you know, original screenplayers. These are these are important awards. They're why movies are successful or are not successful. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about the audience at home, and do they even care about making this a relevant TV event again? Do you make it just actors and movie? So I want to uh, maybe director swing the pendulum on the other side. Okay, okay, side. Um, that's why you're here because I think the Oscars should lean into its nerdy movie roots, and this is coming from a nerdy movie guy. Okay, but I think part of the show should be explaining what these awards are because I don't think most people know. I don't. Fair so enough. What they could do right. ten ten minutes, two minutes per a nominee, and they just go over why your visual effects was better than almost everyone else's this year. And this is two minutes of the visual effects director talking about Top Guns, like, this is what I did for the movie. Boom. Wow. You can do that for All Quiet on the Western Front, Batman, Black Panther, Top Gun, Avatar. That's one category. You don't have to do it for the acting categories, maybe, but you can yeah, do it You don't it need for, Meryl Streep to tell you why she's better than every other living actor. But actress. wouldn't that be fun for sound? I'd it'd love be great. You have a yeah. sound designer who talks for two minutes during a montage, like, this is why the sound is so important in my movie. Yes. That's fantastic. I think you two both. You guys are awesome. I mean, that's a great idea. Lean into the the, the, Mervy, uh, the the movie nerdiness because it's movie magic and it's cool to watch. And if you have it explained to you, you know, know who was in the audience who's like, that sound design seems amazing. I want to do that. Right. Or I want to explore that more that's on cool. YouTube. So that's, that's one solve. Yeah. That's one solve. The second solve, I would really like this because I was trying to figure out the scheduling where – it's already March, and we're deciding on the movies from last year. And I always think like the Oscars should really happen after the Super Bowl, and we need to move on to 2023. If we need to have it so late, there really needs to be a week or three-week period where the movies are actually available to watch. And I don't know how they do this because there's a lot of greed out there. There's a lot of different production companies and streaming platforms that want and theaters that want uh, say on these movies. But if you could just have it where – you can watch the nominees at least for best picture and you could rent and you can just watch it once. You get like one right. token Oscar, to watch like it. Like an Oscar pass. Over 48. And it's like one week. You get to watch all the Oscar movies and it becomes this big for free? thing. Is it what you're saying? Yeah, for yeah, free? Yeah, you just do it. Wow. You just have it out. Then and why the- would anybody watch the movie the rest of the year? Well, because it's only available this one week. Oh. And then it goes away. But, I mean, it's why like would a, anybody go to the movies if they know they can see them for free? Why would anybody stream people them? People aren't going them? to the movies anyway for these types <laughs> of movies. Or, or, pay to, well, or pay to stream Might them. as well give it to the – it's like it's, you could have the Academy app on your smart TV. It could be online and it's one week and you uh-huh. get one time to watch it like how you rent a YouTube movie and it gives you that 48-hour pass to watch it. Right. And you get 48 hours to go through these 10 movies. You watch what you can. And then at least you have a little more say in, in what happens because no one watches these movies. <laughs> Well, the New York Times and the, I think the Seattle Times reprints it, but a lot of local newspapers will put out where you can watch this year's Best Picture nominees. And they do say, well, this one's only on Amazon and this one's only on and HBO. That's, yeah. that's my problem is the way these uh, outlets are writing those stories. They're the, as long as Moby Dick now, you know? About where to find the yeah, movies. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. you have to rent it here yeah. or here. Yeah. You, you can only watch it at 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. here or do this here or if you have Peacock plus the HBO subscription but not on the HBO subscription on its own, it's like all this weird stuff. It should just be available like three-week period. Boom, check it out. 
I mean, it's already the new year. These movies already have been out. They've already tried to get their theater dollars and their streaming dollars. I think you should work on that, but there might be a nugget. I know, I know. It's, it's the greed, right? That's always going <laughs> to it. It's the it's money that's going to make it. keep things from happening. Absolutely. So before we get it, I know we're, we're, we can start with uh, the categories and what you think the winners are going to be and, sure. and what, what, what you like. I'd like to hear Frank's picks yeah, about you love, know, and see the how share. they go against you know, how the, the Academy yeah. votes. But I got to tell you, I, I, I love the Oscars, and I started this weekend, um, and I – Turner Classic Movies, the week of the Oscars, shows nothing but Oscar winners. Oh. Um, I spent Sunday watching Gone with the Wind and Maltese Falcon. Wow. I mean, and I forgot how – how powerful movies can be. I mean, because both those two are from bygone eras. They could they couldn't get made today. I mean, Maltese Falcon probably could. But Calm with the wind. You're going to get canceled for watching that one, Spike. Uh, you know, I got to tell you the 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 racial depictions uh, that were allowed in when was was that the 40s that Gone with the Wind was 1936, made? 1936. 36. Gone with the wind. Okay, 39. 39. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, you know, I watched the movie and I forgot. Just to, wow, you know, you know, man. I don't know my baby, baby, it's I mean, all that. I'm like, yeah, oh my don't god, go there. Yeah. I know. Well, I, but, but what I loved was it started with like a five minutes of the, the prelude, yeah, of right. just a, a screen of a sunset at Terra and the music, orchestral music, the and overture. the movie started. Yeah, the yeah. overture, yes, and then it, a, a ten minute intermission, and the, and Turner didn't no commercials, full prelude. Full overture, full intermission. I mean, everything in its entirety. It's like it's four hour entirety almost. Back when people was, had attentions. Ser- yes, but but small bladders. That's why they had the ten minute intermission <laughs> to leave the theater and go. But and I enjoyed that, seeing like, oh my god, this is how things were in the theaters in the thirties. And the Maltese Falcon is just a great, great story, brilliantly acted. Everybody in that movie is just phenomenal. There's my phenomenal for the night. <laughs> anyway, so I'll be doing that all week long. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be every time I get a chance that I'm not working here talking to you fine people, I'll be home sitting in front with popcorn and watching nice. old movies, old Oscar movies. And you get to watch the old stars as we've talked about the new stars in yes, comparison. Yes, That Clark Gable introduction and Gone with the Wind's pretty big. Oh, he's fantastic. He's, he's inter- and, and Bogart. And, yeah. You know, oh, what, a, what a great – anyway, I'm having so much fun with movies. I love the Oscars. Um, so – what category do you want to start with, Frank? Mm, do you want to start big? Or do you want to start small? Let's well, let's let's think like they do, and um, let's start with uh, best. Uh, is it still actress and actor? It still uh, is, yeah. We haven't gone non-binary yet, right? Interesting discussion. We'll see if when that happens, but probably it, yeah. someone's. But BAFTA is going to do it first. Or? It is a matter of when. I yeah. think you're right on that. It's a matter of when, not if, because there is going to be an actor who doesn't uh, who's non-binary and he's going to be up for the award yeah, and, and we're going to have to figure out a spot and right. that's when we're going to have to figure well, this out. You know, and that's when we're going to have a co- separate swim competition for trans people. Or I mean, and, and we may have to do that. I mean, who knows the, the fairness doctrine with relation to sport. It's, it's so hard to find a place for everyone to be included and keep the norms that we, we, we come to love and trust and are comfortable with. I don't. I don't mind the idea of removing gender from the acting awards, but there's there's two problems with that. The first no problem, woman will ever win an award again. That what? is problem number one. Well, the what? fact that uh, they will run roughshod over female 
participation in the movie industry. Women are also voting for the Academy uh, Awards. Trans people are also in, voting. In the voting, uh, voting body is getting bigger and more diverse every time. But the problem with, with the female nominees is those movies aren't being put on a pedestal that can win other awards. We've talked about this a little bit. When Daniel Day-Lewis leads a film, that movie's up for Best Picture. That movie's going to give the director yeah. the script, all this kind of thing. But when Nicole Kidman is running away with the lead Oscar for Rabbit Hole, has anyone seen Rabbit Hole? Okay. Everywhere, everywhere, what, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere else. This year is breaking out exception. You almost so wish good. we had two uh, acting Oscars and both women right. would win them, right? right. I, yeah. think, I think that's where yeah. we're at this year. Cool. But my problem is we don't have that every year. I do think if we did get rid of it, it's going to be eight guys, two girls, seven guys, three girls. That's uh, kind of yeah, – I kind of see that how maybe? things would play out. Maybe. But, and maybe we've, put, maybe we've turned the corner as a culture. Maybe. Maybe we've turned the corner as a culture. And when we do that, I'm totally down for this. I'm, I'm with you but too. They, the Hollywood needs to show me that they can do that. But just remember that pain, that change is always painful. Yeah. Always painful. And if we try to do it with something as important to our culture as cinema, there'll be some growing pains. We're, we're going to up against break before we even start with any categories. Mm-hmm. Let's hold you over if you don't mind. Lisa, I know you've got, I know you've got work to do. Yeah. We got to see night. if Sean Kemp is, oh my God, yeah. story breaks my heart. Um, it's Cairo Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill. Lisa Brooks, thank you so much for calling me out on my idiocy, saying that women will never win again. I appreciate your base. Um, and Frank Sumrall from My Northwest is here. When we come back, we'll look at the categories at this year's Oscars. Let's do it. It's Cairo Knights. We'll be right back. Kevin Deers on the board tonight. I'm Spike O'Neill. Kevin's featuring uh, music, fronted by the ladies. Yeah, little no doubt. I'm just a girl. You are, Kev. Embrace it, my friend. Uh, Frank Summerall's with us tonight. We're talking Oscars because it's Oscar week. Hi, right, Frank. Let's get into some of the categories. What do you, what do you like this year? Um. Well, if we start something simple, the below-the-line technical awards, if we look at visual effects, it's a, it's a two-man race. I do think this is where Avatar actually gets the shine. I don't see a lot of awards going to Avatar. We're okay. But okay. I am very much in the belief that we are in an era where everyone is walking away with something. We're not going to have the Return of the King go 11 for 11. Right. And I know people are talking about that for a certain movie, and we'll get to that later. I actually, I don't, I think Avatar is my only witness for visual effects. And they do like to spread the gold around, the golden statue, Oscar mm-hmm. around, because that way everyone can say Oscar winning film when they're marketing these films. I agree, couldn't agree with you more. But also Avatar is a... Is it's a, deserving. It's a part two of a five-part series. So just like the Lord of the Rings series, it's not like the Oscars are going to say part two is going to be the best picture winner. They'll wait for the final part or something like that. Cool. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see what that, ha- what that wins. I think All Quiet on the Western Front has a good mm-hmm. shot as well, but... I think we'll go Avatar. But the All Quiet Western Front's also nominated for Best International Film, right? And this is where um, the Oscars kind of give away their winner. Because really? this is the only movie nominated for Best Picture that's in the international feature. It kind of is a giveaway, just like when they do it with animated movies. Right. If there's an animated movie that breaks through and is also nominated for Best Picture, it has to be All Quiet on the Western Front. I know Argentina in 1985 won earlier awards, but the one I thought was going to really challenge it was RRR. And that didn't get nominated. 
I think there was some weird candidacy with India not submitting it. But then again, you look at Song, RR shows up, Natu Natu. Wow. That's 100% going to win. So that way, that movie gets its slice gets of the his, cake. There you go. There you there go. You go. All right. Well, let's. Uh, what, okay. Speaking of song, is that what you think it's going to get there? Think yeah, I think it's going to be RRR. Okay. Because because I think that's a movie that could have won the international feature film at one point, but we're really leaning towards All Quiet on the Western Front, which is extremely well made. My my biggest knock on it is just I saw it with nineteen seventeen, okay. right? And so, you know, it'll win some technical awards. And there's sure. not like a major recording artist with a song. Here, Gaga. Right, it's got Top Gun. He's got uh, Hold My Hand. Right, is in the Top Gun song, but it's okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on. I mean, I mean, Top Gun has like all the <laughs> iconic songs from the eighties, and so it's yeah. a high bar to hit. It's true. True. What next? Uh, well, I think if we look at makeup and hairstyling, this is going to be a... <laughs> we got a lot of time. We Again, got some time. Just like the broadcast itself. Okay, makeup and hair. But what check this out. I think this is going to be a double win for Elvis. This, okay. These go hand in hand. Okay. There's a transformation oh. part with okay. Austin yeah. Butler. Yeah. And so I think this is an award that goes out within the first hour. And this is going to be, hey, we're giving the best actor Oscar to Austin Butler. Look at this makeup and hairstyling. Those usually okay. go in tandem. We saw that last year. With Jessica Chastain's Oscar for the eyes of Tammy Faye, okay. that also yeah. won makeup and hairstyling. We, I think Gary Oldman's done it with Darkest Hour. It, these usually go hand in hand. And fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So I think that will tell us something. Original score is going to be interesting. Now, now, um, okay. Now, to your point earlier about how we should explain what these awards are for. Mm-hmm. What is the original score? So that's the music in the movie that isn't songs. soundtrack. Isn't songs? Right? That's like okay. Music. How they made tell for a picture the with the sound. And my guy, Justin Hurwitz, is up here nominated. He's Damien Chazelle's partner ever since Whiplash. So Whiplash, La La Land, First Man. The one thing about those movies, they have the best scores. That guy is unbelievable. It's a two-hour album of music for this three-hour film. It's going to be Babylon for score. It has to be. Justin Hurwitz is a musical legend. What he's doing is Well, he's up against John Williams, right, in Fableman's. And yeah, John but Williams this isn't of, like this John not, Williams, yeah, he's not. They're not blowing up a Death Star in the Fablemans. Yeah, but it's not like '90s John Williams who's okay. cooking up a new great score every three months. Right. This is this is older John That's Williams. Okay, fair enough. Kind of phoning it in a little bit. And so you don't well, back to hair and makeup. By the yeah, way, sure. The whale. That's a candidate. I mean, you know, that's that's trans that's transformation. So, so this is where like it's fun to see what the Oscars is telling us in subtext. Okay, the whale wins this. Then throw out all your scripts for best actor. Okay. That's a real sign that Brendan Fraser will win. Okay. But wow. if we're really doing the slice of pie, the w- spreading around the wealth, spreading around, yeah, yeah. maybe they give whale makeup and they give Austin Butler actor and then you split up even further. But usually those two awards go together. Okay. So I'm going to lock in Elvis. But <laughs> okay. we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Whale Fair definitely enough. has a shot. Fair whale enough. definitely has a shot. Give me something else. What else you're interested in? Um, do, you, do, you, do you watch the documentaries? Have you seen the documentaries? I, I, some, I usually do. Uh, I didn't this year. The only documentary I saw this year was the Downey Jr. one about his dad. And that didn't oh, get wow. any acclaim. That yeah, was a yeah, very not even nominated. documentary where basically you learn that he started was introduced to the world of drugs by age six. <sighs> you know? So how, okay, cinematography is the, the the visuals of the film, right? This is the guy holding the camera and how the camera looks. This okay. is a really cool award. There's a guy, an absolute legend on here, named uh, Roger Deakins. He's won a couple Oscars. Finally, he shoots all the Coen Brother movies, Blade okay. Runner, stuff like that. And uh, All Quiet on the Western Front is going to win this because has the okay. most bold visuals. If you ever don't know what's going to win in your Oscar pool, f- to those listening. 
Sometimes best just means most. Okay. Because guess what? The Academy voters don't know all this stuff that well either sometimes. So sometimes what has the most, the most visuals, the most daring shots, the, the biggest, the boldest shots, that's all quiet on the Western Front, which I think will win. And Deacons is Empire Light, which is more of a character-based story, right? Yeah. Okay. Much more subtle, and I think yep. Tar in the same boat. It, okay. It's amazing cinematography if you dive deep into that movie, which is why I would think two minutes of the cinematographer explaining what, what she's is. trying yeah. to do yeah. uh, is great. But I think All Quiet on the Western Front is a lot easier. I mean, it's just – it's so – you got these extreme landscapes versus very intense close-ups. It's – that's it's going to do so, it. Uh, so now you got categories like adapted screenplay and original screenplay. What is the difference between those two categories? So adapted something that's based off something that previously existed. A book. I took a and book and made it into a movie script. Generally a book. You have some interesting candidates here because All Quiet on the Western Front is a previous film that actually okay. won Best Picture way back in 1930. Glass Onion is an adaptation of the sequel of its former self, the Knives Out original oh, movie. Oh, okay, okay. Top Gun, right, is right, adapted screenplay right. from itself because it's using the same characters. Gotcha. Uh, Women Talking is going to win this really yeah yeah. adapted okay that's one of the best scripts of the year and i once again i don't think the academy has many places that can give this film a win i think they'll give it here fair enough and also it's supporting actor and screenplay is also where the oscars have the most fun the weirder roles the weirder wins generally happen in those categories when they want to honor something a little off base but we can get into that with the heavy winners because an off base movie is favorite right now well, yeah fair enough yeah so original screenplay that's uh banshees right uh everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. fablemans which is uh, spielberg written by spielberg and, tar. and, his, and his buddy uh tony kush tony Kush. okay and so, tar and then triangle sadness which is hey great to be nominated that's a uh an, an oslin movie who's you know he's done force majeure and some other things that are really big not my favorite movie of his it's just kind of okay he's almost like we need to honor this guy for his work and his consistency but the the previous four you mentioned are the heavy hitters i think everyone believes one of those four is going to win i would go with banshees really because the academy loves martin mcdonough okay. the writer and director uh the writer and director and that is a film that is carried by its script. Yeah, yeah. So I think for there, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes that's how the Oscars also look at this as well. If you want to look uh, between the lines, they'll look at Tar and be like, well, we're not going to give it best director because the performance carries the film. Well, what carries Banshees? The script. So sometimes they do it like that. Is it the best script? I, I certainly think so. I think that in Tar is, but... If they really want to roll with everything everywhere all at once, this is this is if they, if they win this they start, Oscar, yeah, you're like gonna, this movie's winning everything this year. All right, we're gonna go to break real quick. Uh, we're gonna stay. Can you yeah, stay for stay. please? We got more to talk about. We got we we haven't even touched a supporting actor, actress, lead actor, actress, or best film. Yeah, let's let's do those next. Okay, we're right back. It's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill. Frank Semrose here. Kevin Deers on the board. Don't go anywhere. This is Heim. I've heard of them, never heard them. Featuring Taylor Swift. Hey, that's Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> cool. 
Frank Summers with us. We're talking movies. It's Oscar week. And we've been kind of going through, Frank, so much. I appreciate you so much what you bring to this. Because you really are a student of movies and a fan of movies. And it shows. It comes to and how you talk about these things, man. Well, and this is me, you know, showing you how my butter gets, my bread gets buttered. I, I'm putting out my picks. So if I don't get these right, I may not be back next week. You'll be back next week, Pat. Whether you have a job here or not, you're always welcome here, my friend. So uh, we're talking about now, can we move on to the supporting actor and actress? Yeah, let's Lead do actor, that. Actress. Because another problem, if you get rid of the gender, is you cut these acting awards in half. Yes, and if you that's do. a big deal to the Academy, then I don't think that's going to happen in a long time. So let's do some supporting uh, supporting actress, it really weird list that we might have our first Marvel winner in Angela Bassett, who's a phenomenal actress. You okay. know, yeah. I I didn't see Black Panther. I'm so sorry. I have I can't really speak on this performance. I didn't see the new one. I saw the original, and she was phenomenal in that. She did not get an Academy Award nomination for her Tina Turner performance she had to been nominated i don't think she was not even nominated i I, I could be wrong because that's a if you if you look back she probably should have won for that yeah because that moves exactly and that and i've often found that sometimes the academy will make up for past errors in their decisions so maybe she gives her a little bit of a an inside track for Um, best supporting actress and you know i look at the other nominees hung chow was great um this is more of a uh building her into a star because she did like two or three movies including the menu okay and she just hit out of the park on all of them so they just nominated the one that is the academy's looking at okay the menu um, is so good and she's great in it yeah she is she's great, great in, in it. it yeah so i kind of look at this as like almost a joint nomination okay it's, like, it's the whale and the menu and what else she did you got the two for everything everywhere all at once right i feel like they cannibalize each other a little bit it usually happens and then, of course, you got Carrie Condon, who I thought was fantastic in, in Banshees. Banshees. Yeah, she I, she's like the heart of the movie. I don't think that movie really works without her character. Well, let me ask you this. Why isn't she um, nominated for Best Lead Actress? Because well, she, does, she, she wasn't the secondary female character in that film. Well, it, it depends who you ask because you, you could do it simply through a calculation of runtime. Okay. It's like, okay, this is supporting and this is made. So, me, so the movie didn't have a lead actress. I didn't think so. I think they only had one lead role, and that was Colin Farrell, because yeah, it's his yeah. journey, and you're surrounded by a bunch of other supporting characters. You could argue Brendan Gleeson would, could have been a lead, but I still think he's supporting Supporting Colin, Colin Farrell. Yep, he wasn't nominated journey. as a lead actor. Right. Fair. And so I think Carrie was supporting Colin, uh, Colin, Firth, Colin Farrell's um, yep. uh, journey there. So, and, and so for speaking of which, supporting actor. Now, do we, do we get your pick yeah. for supporting? We did, right? Well, we'll yeah. s- I'll, I'll think Bassett's going to win. Okay. I would like to see Carrie Condon win. It's not going to happen. Got it. But I'll, I'll say Bassett. And so uh, and, Marvel, and, get a nice acting one. And we get the supporting actor, and Brendan Gleeson was nominated in supporting role for Banshees. Yeah, he was. And I, I like these. I mean, I like most of these nominees. I think Brian Tyree Henry, he was so good in When Beale Street Could Talk, which is the movie Regina King won her right, Oscar right, for. Right, right, right. So now it's like, okay, now he's getting this. No one saw this movie. He's in Causeway. I haven't seen it. Right? <laughs> no one saw it. It was an Apple movie with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Barry Keegan for Banshees as well. Probably my personal pick because he came out of nowhere and really stole scenes in that movie. This is the young town the town the simpleton. Kid. Yeah. yeah. In his his scene with Carrie at, yeah. the, at, the, oh, it's at brilliant. the river at the river. Oh my god. Like that was the scene. Uh, but Kehi Kwan is going to win for everything everyone wants, okay. and I'm totally fine with that. He's won every award. He had my favorite moments of the film when he's in the alleyway and they're doing a In the Mood for Love kind of rip from 2000. And then when he's doing his uh, 
his karate with the, with the fanny pack. A couple of moments there, I'm like, this guy's amazing. He also has the best story that we saw with Troy Kotzer last year. Okay. He's, he's winning. He's winning. And I'm absolutely fine with that. So they're, they're much like the Oscars, they're playing our music. We're going to go to break. <laughs> we, we, I know. We're we, going we, to break? We have to, hey, we, the, the Oscars, we could talk about the Oscars all night. C- can you hang? Yeah, let's hang. Can you hang past the top of the hour? Yeah. Because I think, the, you know, in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about the International uh, International Women's Day. Okay. Um, and it's poetically inappropriate that we're going to cut into the, the time well, to no. finish talking about Oscars. <laughs> we'll make it work. I have a perfect idea oh, for it. F- sounds great. It's Cairo Nights. I'm Spike Neal along with Frank Sumble. We'll be right back.